Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Denver Nuggets are some rotten, no good for nothing, stinking. I'm not going to say all the words that I'm thinking in my mind right now out loud because I don't want to get an FCC fine, but still, you stinking, stinking nuggets. So in theory, Thursday night was supposed to be a pretty fun night. You had the Boston Celtics playing the Milwaukee Bucks in what could be an Eastern Conference Finals preview. Unfortunately, the Bucks decided to take the night off, and we had to watch a full-on blowout uh, that benefited the Boston Celtics, which is never fun. Nobody wants to see that. And then you had a game between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets that you think going in, yeah, that that should maybe help the Lakers. It would be great to see, you know, the 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 Pelicans kind of take another loss here. And, and sit at 39 losses while the Lakers sit at 38. But no, the Denver Nuggets decide while we're watching that stupid blowout of the stupid of the stupid Bucks, while the stupid Celtics got to be happy and stupid Celtics fans got to be happy, we had to sit there while that was going on and find out that Nikola Jokic uh, is going to take the night off as the New Orleans Pelicans would get a win. Now, I'm recording this. It's halftime. And it's New Orleans 50, Denver 40. Uh, it, it, maybe there's some miracle here in, in New Orleans, um, you know, struggle the way that they have without Zion Williamson, even against a jokic Nuggets team. Uh, the, the, the Pelicans were not going to beat the Denver Nuggets with Jokic, and they will then get a win that they would not have otherwise uh, predicted for themselves. And, you know... At this time of the year, that kind of stuff really matters. So here in a little bit, I'm going to talk about what some teams might be doing, especially at the top of the conference, to be able to position themselves as best they can uh, for the playoffs. Let's start with the Denver Nuggets, right? They sit at the top of the conference. They are 51-24. and 24. They will be 51-25 and 25 by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, they have clinched their division. They will, in all likelihood, be the number one seed heading into the playoffs. That means after the play-in, they will be facing you know the winner of the second play-in game, 
right? There's one play-in game between the seven and eight seeds, uh, and then that team, whoever wins that game, will move on and play the number two seed. And then the loser of that seven, eight game will play the loser of, or the winner of the nine, 10 game and thus become the eight seed, right? Remember a couple of years ago, the Golden State Warriors lost two straight games and were eliminated from the playoffs. So in this case, if things hold out the way that they currently reside, and you know, you never know at this stage, Minnesota is playing pretty good basketball since uh, they traded for Conley, and and they now have Carl Anthony Towns back, and you know they have been pretty good. So maybe they stay at seven. Uh, I don't think like even with the Clippers missing Paul George. I don't think they're going to fall so far as to, you know, lose on the uh, two game advantage they have in the loss column that they have over the seven through nine seeds. Uh, And then the Golden State Warriors, you know, road woes as they are, they also have a full game up on those seven through nine spots. And maybe. They, they lose enough. They've been such a weird team this year, especially on the road, like I said, where they have a 9-29 and 29 record. Maybe they struggle enough that they get caught. But in all likelihood, it does kind of look like the Lakers are probably going to be there in either the 7 or 8 spots with the uh, Pelicans and Thunder probably there at the 9 or 10 spots unless Dallas kind of figures their stuff out and, and jumps up a spot there in, in, instead of the Thunder while... Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander gets these phantom injuries that he keeps getting. Super weird. What's going on there? Uh, not really that weird if you think about it for even like half of a second. But yeah, for for the, the intents and purposes of looking ahead for the Denver Nuggets and probably the Memphis Grizzlies who have a two-game advantage of the Sacramento, on the Sacramento Kings, uh, those two teams are probably going to be looking at the team's sitting in those seven through 10 spots and kind of figuring out who they would rather face. And yeah, I know it's a cliche at this point. It's probably a drinking game in some circles around the league, but I don't think any team would, if they can avoid it, like to face LeBron James and Anthony Davis in a series. I I just don't think so. Uh, The Memphis Grizzlies have have had such an up and down year this year. There's so much kind of going on on the peripheries of that team that they can be got in that kind of a series. The Denver Nuggets have lost to a LeBron James and Anthony Davis team in the past, and I think they would like to probably avoid that scenario, if at all possible. If the Sacramento Kings jump up into the two spot, uh, they probably, given the lack of experience across that roster, would like to avoid Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So what you might start to see here from those, we'll just kind of focus on Denver and Memphis because I think that's going to be the one and two seeds heading into the playoffs. Um, those teams are probably going to do what they can to ensure that the Lakers have as difficult a road as they possibly can, right? So ideally for those teams, if they want to see the Lakers, so if you're, if you're, if you're Memphis, right, and you want to see the Lakers slip down to that second play-in game where they're, they're, where their kind of playoff lives are on the line, if that's how you would like to see this play out, then you would like to see the Lakers sit there at eight or ideally fall down to nine or 10. So in games that they play against Minnesota or New Orleans or OKC, and you look at Memphis's schedule, 
uh, here at the end of the year, and they play New Orleans once and they play OKC once, uh, I would imagine that that they would like to, or they will probably sit their guys against those teams to ensure that the Lakers, you, at the very least, if they don't get leapfrogged, uh, continue to stay in in say the eight spot where they have where they don't have home court in that first play in game, and while they would have home court in the second play in game, anything can happen in a single game sample size. Uh, for Denver, right? This is an interesting one. For Denver, as we're seeing tonight against New Orleans, they would probably like... Look, we don't know if Zion Williamson is going to be playing this year, right? Uh, They would probably like to see New Orleans in that single game uh, play-in at the 9 or 10 spot, where if they win uh, twice, they would be playing against the Nuggets, and I think the Nuggets would probably feel pretty good about that matchup. Uh, They also, Denver play against Utah later in the year. And I would imagine in that one, they'll probably sit some guys, even if Utah will, you know, it's possible, even if Utah starts kind of shutting guys down for the season in hopes of falling into the lottery, where with a lot of uh, the, with the flattened odds, you just kind of never really know how things are going to go. But for Denver, if you're playing against Utah and uh, Utah could potentially leapfrog the Lakers, um, that is is that something that they would want to see happen? You know, maybe because on one hand, that does mean that if the if Utah leapfrogs the Lakers, that would put the Lakers in one of those spots where they would face Denver in that playing game, which I think they would like to avoid. But also, you're putting the Lakers in a one game uh, play in where anything can happen, and if the Lakers can get eliminated in that spot, then whichever team does so just did your job for you. So. It's really going to be interesting to see how those teams at the top of the conference position themselves. Obviously, the number one priority here is getting everybody healthy. So I might be overthinking this, and, and Lakers fans in general might be overthinking this in, in, in you know, as, as your Sylvain plays in the background. Um, maybe maybe it's, it's more just that Denver wants to get Jokic a night's rest. Um, and, and apparently he has some kind of a calf thing that, that wasn't bugging him when they played Philly a couple nights ago. Weird, but, but yeah, some of these teams might just rest guys because they need to rest guys in, in, uh, preparation for what is going to be an absolutely brutal stretch through the Western conference fine, uh, playoffs into the Western conference finals and into the actual finals, ideally for, for Denver, right? That's what they have their sights set on. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's anywhere near out of the question that some of these teams would look at the Lakers, especially Memphis, for example, and say, huh, I wonder what we could do to get the Lakers into that nine or 10 spot or even better out of the play in game altogether. I wonder what we can do to make that happen so that even if the Lakers make the playoffs, we don't have to face them. And then with Denver, same kind of thing. I wonder what we can do. You know, can we can we make it as difficult on the Lakers as possible to to, or you know, in some cases easier on the Lakers to to win in the play in game, and and have to face Memphis in that in that uh, first round matchup, or do you or would the Denver Nuggets make the the do what they can to make that road as difficult as possible on the Lakers? 
so that maybe, just maybe, their work is done for them and the Lakers get knocked out before they even have to face them. You know, it's, 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 I don't think any of it is out of the question here. We've seen it in the past. We've seen it every year that the playoffs have existed. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it does come back to bite those teams that do that kind of positioning. We'll see. Uh, all of it interesting, impossible to know what any of it means. What was that? A waste of time? Nah, never. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Chronic migraine is 15 or more headache days a month, each lasting four hours or more. Botox, onabotulinum toxin A, prevents headaches in adults with chronic migraine. It's not for adults with migraine with 14 or fewer headache days a month. It prevents, on average, eight to nine headache days a month versus six to seven for placebo. Prescription Botox is injected by your doctor. Effects of Botox may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness can be signs of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Side effects may include allergic reactions, neck and injection site pain, fatigue, and headache. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Don't receive Botox if there's a skin infection. Tell your doctor your medical history, muscle or nerve conditions, including ALS Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome, and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. Ask your doctor and visit BotoxChronicMigraine.com or call 1-800-44-BOTOX to learn more. Now what the Lakers can control, they can't control any of the stuff that I just talked about. What teams do for positioning and what teams do on random nights against other teams, completely out of the Lakers' control. Fortunately now for the Lakers, they do have more control over their own destiny then they they would have had they, say, lost another dumb one to the Bulls, right? But they didn't, and they tonight play against a Minnesota team that sits there at 38 losses, just like the Lakers, and and they they face, you know, a Minnesota team that has been playing better basketball since they, they made, uh, they traded D'Angelo Russell, and, and they do have Carl Anthony Towns back. It's an interesting matchup with Towns back, uh, and it's been a long time, really, since I did any kind of a direct preview here. But let's do that. Let's take a look at these two teams and and figure out where I think the Lakers can, you know, create an advantage for themselves, uh, where they can, where they might have to, you know, overcome some disadvantages, all of that good stuff. And and I want to start in, uh, you know, kind of a weird space here. I know when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, but I think this one's going to be an interesting one for D'Angelo Russell. Uh, he's going to be back in Minnesota. The Lakers play in Minnesota tonight, uh, you know, five o'clock tip off back home in, on, on the, you know, on the West coast, uh, seven o'clock tip off my time here in, in central, uh, on central time. D'Angelo Russell goes back to Minnesota where I don't think it was there there's any real animosity there per se. I I, I think for the most part, uh yeah, I think they were underachieving with Russell. I've spoken to Harrison about the idea of, you know, having an adult on the team. And with that group, while Russell was there, you had him and Carl Anthony Towns as the cornerstones of the organization, while they're both kind of Young to, you know, have that kind of power and responsibility at their fingertips. Uh, the Wolves move on. Obviously, they send Russell back to L.A. 
where he joins an organization, obviously headed in the locker room by, uh, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And then Minnesota gets Conley, who on moments, like I watched them the other night against Phoenix, and yeah, Minnesota lost, but on several occasions, like it, it took Conley kind of, you know, all right, let's let's calm down a little bit. We need a bucket here. Let's let's get it in the hands of one of the guys that we feel confident in their ability to get us at least a good look here. And that's not always what D'Angelo Russell brings to the table. So in both cases, I think it's one of those cool spots where it's a win-win. And then for the Jazz, you know, they move some players who are helping them win in a season where it doesn't behoove them to win. So it's kind of a win-win-win spot, right? And the Jazz get a pick for their troubles as well. In this matchup, D'Angelo Russell, again, I wouldn't necessarily call it animosity, but the team did trade him away um, in part because they didn't really want to pay him in the offseason and because of the stuff that I just kind of talked about. How does he feel being back there in Minnesota? Is he going to force the issue a little bit here and there? Is he going to be looking to shut up the home crowd that he you know, once had rooting for him? So that's going to be an interesting one, especially because, you know, if I'm the Lakers, what I would do as often as possible is put Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns in the pick and roll and try to force them to move their feet and guard on the perimeter um, and, and you know, see if you can get a disadvantage rolling downhill with, say, LeBron on the short roll or AD on the short roll. Um, that's what I think the Lakers are probably going to focus on. But if it's D'Angelo Russell with the ball in his hands and he starts kind of forcing things, then that's where you kind of get yourself into some trouble. So... Um, that is one thing I'm, I'm really going to be looking out for. Um, my dad, you know, he was, he's been in town for the last week or so. He asked me how I would kind of match up everybody, um, you know, heading into this one in terms of key matchups. Right. And I think you put, I think you got to go with LeBron on cat or, or, and then you have Wenyan guarding Anthony Edwards, and then you have, uh, AD guarding Gobert. Uh, and and then you know you switch and and you throw different looks at it at all in all of that. But in terms of the front court, that's kind of how I would approach it. Um, I I would put personally I would put Reeves on Mike Conley and let uh, D'Angelo Russell kind of hide to whatever extent he can on on McDaniel's. Um, Kyle Anderson is kind of a tough matchup coming off of the bench, uh, or 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 you know whether he starts or whatever. Uh, we've seen Naz Reed have some have some uh, success against the Lakers in the past, though it looks like he is going to be doubtful. Um, as I'm recording to this on on March 30th, that's the the injury report as we currently see it. But but yeah, I, I think the matchups are going to be kind of interesting. I think the 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 one thing to really kind of keep in mind here in this in this matchup though is. The defense or whatever, I think for both of these teams, they'll get stops maybe when they have to, but it is going to be a high-scoring affair. And for the Lakers, it really just kind of comes down to how well do they how well do they perform when they have to get a bucket, right? How well do they perform when it comes time to really execute in the half court? And they have the pieces, especially with that starting and closing group of Russell Reeves. LeBron, Vando, and AD uh, to, to be able to out-execute just about anybody. Uh, but you still do have to 
do you 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 still do have to execute right that was kobe's favorite word when he was talking about basketball was you know yeah you, you can write a script and you can do all those things but at the end of the day the guy's got to execute and and in this case that group especially given the disparity of how well they played especially the last couple of games compared to the bench that group is really going to have to perform speaking of that bench you know i wrote about it for substack and i and and i wrote about how you know maybe earlier in the year Darvin Ham might have been able to, you know, play around and mess around with the rotation. Maybe start Beasley and bring and bring Reeves off of the bench, and and try to see what that maybe looks like in order to to give that bench unit a little bit more creativity and a little bit more organization than they've had the last couple of games. Um, but I think, and, and Aaron and I talked about this on today's lounge as well. I, I think at this stage of the year, you don't necessarily have enough time to tinker and, and do that kind of stuff in terms of your 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 starting group and your best group. Those guys got to get as many reps together as they can possibly have. So instead, what you probably got to do is you got to stagger some stuff, and that likely means trimming down the rotation. So whether that happens right off the bat tonight against Minnesota in a huge game is going to be interesting to see. Or, you know, does Darwin put that off as long as he can as he continues to try to maintain buy-in from guys that he might need later in the playoffs or the play-in, depending on the matchup that the Lakers have? Regardless, though, how all of that, how all of that goes down, tonight's a huge one, and I, I can't overstate. Uh, it's, not, it's not possible to exaggerate what, what you know, <laughs> how, how important this game is. And, and how fascinating it's going to be in terms of the Lakers' approach to it. Uh, but, but one thing is for sure, if, if the Lakers don't get this win, you lose that much more control over your own destiny. And, and as I just talked about a segment ago, that is not something I think the Lakers really want to mess with. I don't think any team wants to see them make the playoffs. And, and the more control you allow those teams, the tougher you make uh, the situation ahead of you. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. A lot of stuff that I just threw out there into the uh, into the interwebs here. I had a great episode, I thought, with Kyle Goon as we look back on his last five years covering the team. And then, uh, you know, yesterday I recorded an episode of The Lounge that is going to be airing shortly after this one with Aaron where we did discuss Darvin Ham and, and all of that good stuff, as well as his uh, success in the dating pool, uh, because of course we did. And then uh, for Substack, I wrote about Darvin Ham having to trim down the rotation, what I think that should, that, that should look like, who I think should be getting kind of the final calls at the end of what I consider to be the uh, playoff rotation. All of that good stuff is on Substack, and I have already recorded the narrated version of that article as well. So a ton to get to. If you haven't already, the easiest way to get to all of this stuff is to go to my Twitter and find the link tree that I have there that has links to the Substack, uh, a couple locations of the podcast, as well as a, a drop-down list that will get you to everything else that, you know, everywhere else you can find this pod. Hit that subscribe button send in those five-star reviews so I can uh, have a, a nice full mailbag to be able to answer here uh, at the beginning of next week. And and yeah, continue to follow along as we go through what is going to be a fascinating 
six games or so, and then the play-in and hopefully the playoffs. So until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com SportsFan and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.